Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, welcome back to Beyond Sunday. I just started grimacing because I realized I forgot to get a joke from Maddie. I even thought about it last night. I need to get a joke from her tomorrow morning. That's how sovereignty works. On my behalf. That's sovereignty on my behalf. Uh, Man, I'm just rattling my brain. You be be careful. Yeah, that's right. Don't want to shake too much loose. I did see... uh, Last week was good with Chris. That was good. You yeah. Guys, you guys had a good time. And yep. it was, I really appreciate, I just want to, I appreciated, um, it did give our faith family an opportunity to at least get to know him a little bit and his family. And yeah. then Sunday was a nice follow-up. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. If you good. haven't, if you good. haven't caught that, Chris and I had the opportunity just to sit down for 25 minutes last week mm-hmm. and chat about his ministry and um, you know, on Sunday morning, we have such limited time to really interact with him. And I know a few folks got mm-hmm. to catch up with him afterwards, which is great. But we really want to have that strong relationship with our, our global outreach partners. And one way is to just get to know them a little better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd encourage you to, if you didn't get a chance, it's, uh, you'll hear a couple of stories about how they landed in Senegal mm-hmm. and really what uh, took them there and just about their family, what they like to do. Do you tailor chip cookies? Is a favorite of theirs. Have you ever had those? No. I haven't either. No, not yet. All right. Well, Chris but is I, gone, <laughs> but you're not. Nope. So, Somebody's got to go down there. Yeah. Is that the one that was near F&M or did I get my bearings? I know there's... No, that's the Byler Donut. That was Byler Donuts. Have okay. you been there? No. Me neither. I just know there's a truck back there somewhere. Yeah. One of their employees must work back there. We got some things to do. So where was the cookie place? Uh, over by Chili's on Mannheim Pike. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, here we go. It's really important. We got stuff. things. It, it, it's <laughs> super important. All right, so let's uh, dive in here. We've got uh, two sermons to cover. Uh, the the okay. uh, you know core values All three right. and four. Yeah, biblically shaped. Because last week you were off. Well, you weren't off, but you I gave you the week off from the podcast. So Thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, and now we're going to cover that. Luke 14 passage, okay. and that's actually where the bulk of our questions are. So okay. if you're listening right. and you want to go back, it's Luke 14, uh, the passage where Jesus is uh, kind of telling the disciples to count the cost. Mm-hmm. And he's got two really short parables there. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's most of our questions. But then good. we also, this past week, uh, we were in uh, Thessalonians, First mm-hmm. Thessalonians 5, and mm-hmm. just one verse mm-hmm. with four instructions. Yeah. Um, about being the faith family mm-hmm. together. So right. uh, this, yeah, this core value series has been good and it's over. And so let's wrap it up here mm-hmm. uh, beyond Sunday. So here's the first question that mm-hmm. came in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and actually, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. Sorry, a little rabbit trail. We, I was gone the week that you preached this. I did listen to most of the sermon though. Mm-hmm. And uh, we covered on the young adult retreat, we covered that Luke 14 text. Nice. So uh, it good. was... It's kind of unique or interesting the way that worked out. That the young adults were covering it, and uh, you guys were on the week that you had off from being here. You mm-hmm. know, from the snowstorm. Yeah, that was weird. But um, anyway, so here we go. Luke fourteen. Uh, the question is: Does the extreme attitude for discipleship that is comes across there in Luke fourteen does it refer to essential requirements for salvation or? or requirements that will develop over time 
through the sanctification process? Yeah, uh, I, I appreciated the question. I was able to address that with the individual uh, last week because I didn't know what we would cover. Yeah. So uh, we probably want to think in both in both categories. So the essential part of it is that you cannot, you, you can't purposefully hold out on mm. on God yeah. and say, I want you on my terms. Right. So there is a sense in which, um, you know, if if I try to follow Christ and I have other things, other masters ahead mm. of him, I can't follow him. Yeah. So there is an essential part of that. However, um, what happens is, is that we are, I think we're continually trying to, uh, we're, we're always trying to deal with competing affections and competing mm -hmm. loyalties. So that's, that's ongoing in the Christian life. So in that sense, it's a discipleship sanctification process. Mm -hmm. So I think that what happens is, let, I mean, just for instance, a person who, a person who wants to receive Jesus needs to know who he is. Yeah. He is not, he's not someone that you can, that you can control. He is in control. So mm -hmm. from day one, genuine faith includes this idea of the identity of Christ. Okay. Yeah. And so this is, uh, you know, for him to say these things with that sort of absolute language, mm -hmm. well, or to say, um, even his own life, you have to hate your own life. That's only because he has to be the ruler of your life. And so I think from, from the initial start of following Christ, everyone needs to know who he is. What claim does he have on us? Is mm -hmm. he God? And then from there, I think the entire Christian walk uh, is still, uh, is always uh, saying, no, I've, I've given these things up. I've laid my life down. I've taken up my, and, 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 and I know there's a place somewhere, and I thought it was maybe Luke, mm -hmm. maybe it's in Luke 9 even, where uh, it's, it's a daily, you know, take, uh, take up your cross daily yeah. and follow me. Yeah. So there would be that, and I should have probably put that in my reply, but uh, just remember that, 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 whole, that whole aspect of being a daily exercise means that it is not just at the moment of receiving Christ for justification, it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's in nine. I thought yeah. Luke was the one who mentioned daily. Uh, he, it looks like he does. Yep. Uh, Luke nine twenty three. Yeah. And I didn't deal with that. I didn't deal with that on Sunday. No, uh, but it is a big part to, it is a big part to yeah, Luke's, Luke's message though. It comes across mm -hmm. multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, yep. You know, you've got, Jesus has these people who want to follow him. They want to be his disciples. Mm -hmm. They want to do what he does. Um, but they're not, Many of them were not willing. They hadn't counted the cost or they weren't willing to give up. You think of the rich young ruler. Um, you see Jesus say things like in later in Luke 9, the verse foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, mm. but the mm. son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So the cost is high. And uh, this is something we talked about, and it kind of came up as a second part to the question here. Mm. Should we encourage new potential converts to count the cost? Like, when you're, if you're sharing your faith, you have someone who's wants to know more about Jesus. Where do you like? Do you set the? Do you have them count the cost right there at the very beginning? Yeah. To what degree do they need to 
be all in at the beginning. They need to, they need to, I'm going to just use your language. They need to be all in at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They need to count the cost at the beginning because of the, the way in which Jesus phrases this. You cannot be my disciple unless you do. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to start someone down with the bar really low. If I, To use that kind of language, I don't even know if it's accurate, but if the bar is that low, it's lower than genuine saving faith. Now, let me just point mm-hmm. out something. Any of you that are trying to live this out today, for instance, since we are beyond Sunday. So Bible churches like ours grew up in a sort of a movement where there was, there was a lot of discussion about whether this is describing disciples or saving faith. Hmm. So some some people were were teaching that this that these are discipleship demands that they don't they don't have anything to do with genuine faith. Do you see the look on my face? I do. Yeah, Can I see I that ask every the Sunday. Question? Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, the difference is because uh, imagine a person saying that biblical saving faith has nothing to do with the actual response. Uh, that it's possible that this type of language, they used to use the term front-loading the gospel with discipleship demands. Mm -hmm. And that was somehow offensive to grace. And so what was being taught, and a lot of our folks were exposed to this, that saving faith was just mental assent to the truths of the gospel and has nothing to do with obedience. Yeah. And none of that's afterwards. Yeah. Now that's a, I think that's a poor reading of this. Yeah. So the difference is what, what what we want to do is what we would say to everyone. My walk today has to do with, am I, am I following Christ? If I am, that means my life is being led by him. I've laid my life down. Mm-hmm. I am no longer, I, I no longer have a will of my own. So this morning, early, early before theology readers breakfast, praying, as I said to the guys earlier, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that, that needs to include me. Mm-hmm. And if it does, that's putting this into practice where I am following Christ, letting him be my Lord. So uh, yeah. there's a lot we could discuss about this, but in a beyond Sunday context, I'm, I'm, very interested in um, today, am I meeting this requirement? Mm-hmm. Can I be a disciple? I can if I follow through with this and say, no, I've actually put my life down. Yeah. My life is now God's. Yeah. And everybody needs to, that's genuine saving faith. Yeah. That's not just discipleship. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is the look I was giving you because in a lot of ways, I don't think we can put a distinction between being, having saving faith and being a disciple. It's not a either, it's a both. Mm -hmm. There's not a, exactly. You can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. And I think we, we, it's very tempting to uh, in any kind of a evangelism type setting to lower the bar because you just want to get someone get them in get them in and then right exactly then you know just slap the requirements on them um the easy believism kind of term uh might be it and here's here's actually a quote that we used that weekend Mm -hmm. and we had some discussion around it uh you might hear someone say today jesus loves you come as you are you don't need to change a thing and so there's a thread of truth in that mm-hmm. that is right. Mm-hmm. Jesus does love you. We should come to him as we are. It's the only way you can come. Yeah. 
but there are natural disciple making commands or requirements that that we we follow through on he he should and he needs to change us uh, we can't continue to be an old old creation yeah we have to be a new creation uh, when we come to him right no one no one is approaching jesus legitimately without a contrite heart mm-hmm. let's use old testament language mm-hmm. no one comes to him legitimately unless they have that kind of heart so they're already coming knowing that they need they need him desperately so that's why this is important for not only salvation but sanctification mm-hmm. both yeah and so part of that sanctification process uh, you said in your sermon you mm-hmm. said what's this was a good kind of application question i just mm-hmm. want to tease out a little sure. bit mm-hmm. you said what's What's the one instinct that's keeping you from following Christ? Mm-hmm. That was the question you posed for mm-hmm. us to think about. Mm-hmm. What is it? And so I want to ask it again. What's the one instinct that's keeping me or you from following Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my follow-up question is, what do you see as those natural human instincts that mm-hmm. do keep us from following, from being all in? Yeah, one one is usually usually by the time we hear and encounter a parishioner who's really struggling spiritually. Mm -hmm. This has been happening a long, long time. And so they've been hesitating. Uh, They've been hesitating, delaying, getting help. Yeah. Why? You know, if Mm -hmm. I said, what, Mm -hmm. what took you so long? So that's like, you know, that's like the old, the old mentality was, you know, if, if you never went to the doctor, you were never sick yeah. because they couldn't tell you you were mm-hmm. sick. So that's an example of, you know, what happens in church a lot is that parishioners are struggling by themselves or within their family setting for a long, long time. And they wait too long before they go to someone and say, I'm, I'm in trouble and I need, and that gets it, that'll get us to the next you know, the first Thessalonians passage, if we get there today, that, that will yeah. get us there. But that, that's an example of, you know, that's an, uh, what, did, what did I say? Like an instinct or something that's, mm-hmm. that's keeping us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah. Their instincts are telling them, no, they don't need to go in and talk to someone. Right. I mean, you could do that with all kinds of things. A person saying, no, I'm not going to get baptized. Well, why wouldn't you get baptized when Jesus said to, why would you delay that? Th- whatever those instincts are. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that are, mm-hmm. that's where a person hasn't taken up their cross. They're yeah. still, they're too alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, we just studied this this morning, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis at the end of the, at the end of this book, we, we're doing uh, Lewis on the Christian life. He, you know, he, he flat out says, uh, put yourself to death before you die. Uh, and, and that's a, a mm-hmm. typical Lewis way of saying you need, you need to die to self before you kill yourself. Yeah, it's sort of what mm-hmm. what's being said. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think along that same line of thought, not getting help. Uh, another reason that might come to someone's mind is I can I can do it myself or I can get can out get of through this. I can get get through this yeah. or out of this yeah. without anyone else. Yeah. And that is rarely the case, you right. know, and uh, when we don't need another believer. Right. But we certainly need the Lord's help. Yeah. Another human instinct that mm-hmm. kind of comes to my mind is uh, comfort. We just. We we like being comfortable. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I'm just I was starting to ponder human civilization. We're always trying to make ourselves a little more mm-hmm. comfortable sure. in whatever way. Yeah. Uh, and so civilizations strive for it. So it's just part of who we are. We mm-hmm. don't like to be uncomfortable. 
uh, we're pretty, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty wimpy creatures, you know, most of us when it comes down to it. Um, and yeah. so to, to, um, to have to give up a comfort or to give up something mm-hmm. that we enjoy mm-hmm. yeah. to give up Taylor chip yeah. or whatever yeah. cookies yeah. is a sacrifice, yeah. you know, and yeah. obviously that's a silly example, but, yeah. but we don't, we don't want to give those things up. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man, he didn't have some of those mm-hmm. creature comforts that yeah. we, uh, that we do. Um, I was thinking about this text in light of the first two core values. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being biblically shaped uh, and then also being worshipful. Mm-hmm. So being biblically shaped, going back to that, we want the Bible is going to shape everything about us, mm-hmm. our, our message as well. And so uh, if, if we're going to count the cost, we don't want to change. We don't want to change the, the cost. We can't. Mm-hmm. So if we're explaining it to someone else or thinking about it for our own lives, to be a biblically shaped people means that we mm-hmm. we are going to stand on the unchanging word mm-hmm. in an ever-changing world. So while the, the world around us might, you know, kind of change the expectations mm-hmm. of what it lo- might look like to be a follower of Jesus, we can't change that. We have to let the Bible shape that. Um, like, and, a, like a tough one like this. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it is a really tough one. Um, but then to be a worshipful people, we offer him all that we are because of all that he is. Mm-hmm. So everything that, that the Lord is to us, you know, just kind of demands that we give him all that we are. We're fulfilling that cost. No, that's a great, um, that, that is a great summary and also mm-hmm. a great way to link these up. Yeah. Because you're right. Luke 14, that teaching is giving him everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So I just thought Very it, was, good. it was neat to kind of tie these together in a way that they really they all they all they're important to us yeah and if we wanted to go one step further yeah then faith family is all about we have a responsibility to help each other on that path of giving everything over to him little by little just allowing him to take control of us corporately individually so it could Mm -hmm. actually you know could link it that way Mm -hmm. no i think that's really good and so let's get to that last uh Mm -hmm. that last core value here Mm -hmm. So faith family, like you just mentioned, is that last core value. Uh, before I get to, we just have one question, but mm-hmm. before I get to it, where did that term come from for you? I, I think I may have said it on Sunday, but I'm pretty sure that was something you introduced and it's stuck. And Yeah, so part of it was, uh, uh, I don't know how you'd say it. For communication value, what I was looking for was the similar sound faith family, the Mm -hmm. F's. So I did want that. I was trying to, I was trying to create a way to identify ourselves that was, that would stick. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing. The second thing was, and and the order is reversed. The second thing, which really was foundational was uh, trying to get a sense of how does it, how, how does a faith family fulfill its obligations to each other uh, from a a look at these New Testament instructions. So, I mean, Mm. I've talked about them a lot now over the years, but these one another's became important for us. When churches, uh, when when the churches uh, that I've been involved in, which are two, when they start to talk about small groups, 
because small groups were a thing. Mm -hmm. We are always asking the question, well, what are we supposed to do when we get together? Yeah. And the idea of family theologically was, was all, uh, was, was very clear in the Bible. That was clear. Then the responsibilities flowed out of that mm -hmm. easily. So that's sort of how it came about. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I, I like it. Um, obviously it's stuck around here and hopefully it continues to, but I think that's, uh, yeah, I've also heard you say it, it describes the way that we relate to one another, um, just like a family. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of what we do really does need to encompass um, all of life. And mm -hmm. so the phrase we used this past week was, because we're adopted by the Father, we live and love like family. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not always an easy thing, you know. It's uh, just real. In family. Yeah. Um I think, to, uh, honestly, to the degree that we do that, this place is healthy. Yeah. Uh, it's not the only, uh, it's not the only barometer or yardstick. Right. But it's a big one. Yeah, for so sure. So the, the, the more that core grows to feel that responsibility to another, mm -hmm. this place has an opportunity to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, so part of doing that, and this is what we were covering on Sunday, these three instructions, mm -hmm. Uh, actually four. Yeah. Uh, admonish. Three specific and then one is sort of general. At the right. End. Yeah. Exactly. So the question is about the three specific ones, mm -hmm. which were admonish the idle, encourage the faint hearted and help the weak. Mm -hmm. So are these three instructions, are the, are they spiritually directed uh, from the, from the point that someone who's idle, is it spiritually idle, spiritually faint hearted or discouraged, spiritually weak, or is this, someone, the weak person, like the person who's lower in society, doesn't have, you know, in a power mm -hmm. structure like the first century and we experience today mm -hmm. to a degree, the weak. So are these spiritually mind directed or circumstantial people, idle, faint hearted, mm -hmm. weak, or is it just someone who's, let's use idle for an example, not necessarily spiritually idle, but someone who's just idle in life. They're think maybe it was Timothy would describe him as a busy body or mm -hmm. whatever. So the first, I mean, to use that one first, since it is the first one, that one, it's impossible to divide the two mm. that the person who is not, uh, this is a person who's out of line. So whatever the out of line uh, element is, whatever the element of being out of line uh, or disorderly conduct, I'm thinking of those military terms, which is mm -hmm. important here. So I would say that for that one, you're dealing with um, a, it, it is spiritually based. Mm -hmm. The person is not doing what they need to be doing spiritually. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're out of line. Mm -hmm. The last one, help the weak, is one that we're, we're, we're pretty sure that in the first century, it could have been an economic scenario. But uh, again, uh, in that case, it's not necessarily that they're sinning. They just need help. So I think you'd want to be careful with the third one and, and, and think, well, they're only weak spiritually. However, as I, I tried to you know, investigate that a little bit, pretty much everyone's in agreement that, that, that the general way in which that's put mm -hmm. leaves, um, leaves it open for either. That you could have a person who's struggling economically. They yeah. need help. Mm -hmm. Like the Benevolence Fund. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, they need yeah. help. It's, they're not sinning against the Lord. They need help. However, 
it's also possible that the weakness is spiritual. And as I, I think I said, just think about someone who's struggling with a sin. We've all done this. So mm -hmm. if you're struggling with a sin issue, then you're, you're weak and you need, you need help. Mm -hmm. You need support. You need someone, as I said, you need someone to get right close to you, opposite you, and uh, assist you. So the first one and the third one, we could, you know, we, we might want to differentiate a little bit between is it, is it purely practical or is it a spiritual matter? The one in the middle, uh, once again, I think what you have here is a person that's losing heart. It's affecting their walk with the Lord, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be hard to divorce the two, I would think. Yeah, it's a good question, though. I, you know, I hadn't thought a whole lot about that. Um, what I had thought a lot about, and I, I just want us to keep thinking about, is are you, are you ready uh, so that when you are meeting with someone outside of church, mm -hmm. are you ready to encounter someone that may be in those categories? And, uh, you know, could we talk a little bit about what you're looking for? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's good. And I'll I'll show my cards. That was yeah. actually a question I had. Yeah. Good. Um, so and I think, you know, thinking about it a little bit more, mm -hmm. we're really we probably should be looking for both on, in almost all of them. Are they spiritually or just in general, any of those three things? Um, because regardless of whether it's a spiritually, mm -hmm. you know, circumstance type of setting mm -hmm. or not, uh, they, they do need to be encouraged, admonished, helped all of those things. Yeah. And, and you, I would do that for a family member. You love them. Mm -hmm. You love them as a family member. Of course you would do that. Yeah. I think that's the point. So, you know, a beyond Sunday type of thought with a text like this is, um, you know, it's a great time to assess your own affections for the others around you. Mm -hmm. if, if we had if we had sort of a, an opportunity to write up here, you know, I was thinking about what kind of diagram. And if you put, you know, if, if every one of these knots and and uh, what would you call them, marks in this wood represented a parishioner, mm -hmm. what you're hoping is that there's enough circle of, you know, here's a circle of friends. Here's a circle of friends. Here's a circle of friends. You would hope that there are enough small circles of friends that would cover the faith family so that no one is in those categories by themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you want to ask yourself about your affection, your feelings for the others, and then put yourself in one of those circles. And uh, are you contributing to this type of ministry, which we know is, and we urge you brothers, not we urge you leaders. So there's a shift there. Uh, and that was a way for me to visualize earlier this week, you know, mm -hmm. did, are, have we covered the body? Yeah. So, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, no, that's good. And so, I mean, that would be, I think, an encouragement to everyone to, one, be on the lookout for folks in their circles. And then if you feel like maybe you're not in a circle, maybe you're new here and you're mm -hmm. still kind of finding your way, it'd be a great encouragement to you just force your way into a circle, you know, to a degree. I mean, the folks should be, yeah. I think for the most part, are pretty welcoming. But you know, care and share groups are a great way for that. Yeah. Serving teams yeah. are a great way to get to know yeah. folks. And then all of a sudden. And the ABFs too. Yeah, the ABF classes. Yeah. Those are great ways to kind of establish some it meaningful is. relationships yeah. that hopefully grow into these familial exactly. type, you know, relationships where we we live and love like family through yeah. thick and thin. Yeah. And what we hope is, you know, we hope that there's a growing number of individuals who are, they're looking for people in those categories and they're prepared for the response that they need. 
and also individuals who recognize when they're in the categories and need someone else in their mm -hmm. lives. That creates what I was saying on Sunday, the opportunity for us, I think, to be a very uh, a spiritually healthy body, mm -hmm. not perfect, but being perfected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. It's maybe one of our longest episodes, but we covered two core values. So I think it was justified. Um, let me just sum it up and bring the last two to the table. We have disciple making mm -hmm. and we have faith family. Those are our, the last two core values. Yeah. We want to be we want to be disciples and we need to be in that process. So uh, take these texts, take some of these questions, think about them, pray about them, and let's keep, keep pursuing Jesus in it, you know, day in and day out. There we go. There's the book. It's closing. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we love you guys, and Lord willing, if it doesn't snow, it's still, still cold. Never know. We'll see you guys uh, whenever we see you, Sunday or beyond. All right. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.